Live here in Washington, D.C., home of your favorite and best creatives. You are now tuned in to people that you don't know that you should know. I'm your host, Ty Westbrook, and let's get going with today's show. Yeah. And if you don't know, now you know. If you know, you know. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. This is Marianne, your favorite chief creative economy officer here in D.C. And I am pretty excited because I am sitting across from Paul Hines right now. Paul, can you say hi? Hello. How are you doing, Paul? I'm doing great. How are you, Marianne? I'm doing pretty good. Good. Yeah, I'm excited for the rest of the day and the weekend coming, and yeah, yeah I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. It's the holidays. It is so the holidays. Getting ready for that. Yep, absolutely. So I have to let everybody know that I am super excited to talk to you today, and and I have to be honest and transparent about the fact that Paul is really aw- I don't know Paul very well, but what I do know about Paul is that um, he runs the Gen Out Choir, is the director of the Gen Out Choir, which is a part of the Gay Men's Course of Washington, that um, my daughter Molly, who most of you know, because if you know me at all, you know that I can't help but talk about Molly like 800 times Proud a day. Parent. Proud parent, right. And um, and my daughter Molly is a part of this choir, and she can't stop talking about how great it is to be a part of that choir. And that's you have an enormous amount to do with that. So I'm just super, super proud of her and of her experience with you. And so I wanted to get to know you a little bit better. Well, I'm glad you invited me in. Thanks very much. Yeah, we, we love Molly. She's a real superstar in mm-hmm. Gen Out. Uh, Gen Out's been around since January of 2015, and we've had um, over 70 kids from, I think it's well over three dozen schools in, dis- in the district in Maryland and Virginia participate in Gen Out. And it's a program that just keeps growing and growing. We're making music with kids, but more than that, we are really giving them a voice and connecting them to community in a way that I don't think they get in their school experience. Um, So we're really just so pleased to see the community that's being built among our young choristers. Uh, among themselves, but also with the uh, older folks who are in the Gay Men's Scores of Washington and with our audiences. How did you get involved in uh, in the choir to begin with, and specifically Jen Out? I was hired uh, back in August of 2014 when our new artistic director started her work with the chorus. And uh, one of my uh, assignments was to get the Jen Out chorus up and running. So I had that fall to investigate uh connections with schools and to look into the other LGBTQ youth choruses in the country and find out how do we make this work and put some sort of infrastructure in place. And in January, we we started with nine singers and lots of nervousness and trepidation, but also lots of energy and enthusiasm and excitement. And um, we made it happen. And it, it, it has blossomed from there. Are you, um, have you always been in, in, in music in general, like in vocal or in other kind of music, is that something that you grew up doing? It is. Uh, starting from age seven, I took piano lessons, and then that led into taking flute lessons. And then in undergrad, I studied flute and piano. In my master's degree work, I studied flute. And then uh, I've just done a ton of accompanying uh, throughout my years on piano. And that's led into a bunch of choir directing jobs just out of just kind of random luck uh, if a choir director were absent or if they had to take a leave of absence or something I would fill in and I found out I was actually pretty good at it and really enjoyed it 
and that developed uh, lots of opportunities to do directing. So I got my doctorate in choral conducting um, 2011 through 2014, and now here I am with Jen Out. So is there an instrument that you don't play that you would love to play? Hmm. I've always been kind of fascinated by the harp. It <gasps> looks so gigantic and complicated and with the pedals and... Uh, it's just so beautiful. Every piece that, every orchestral piece that has harp in it is just heads and shoulders above every other piece. But uh, I don't think that's, that, that's not in the cards for me in terms of time and money right now. Fun fact, yours truly played the harp. How about that? Oh wow. my gosh, absolutely. Yes. I so did play this the harp podcast too. is going to have some harp music in it? If I could find one, okay. maybe we could try that. <laughs> All right. But, um, uh, granted, I have not played it since I was, what, 14? Do you still have but your harp? I do not. Um, no, we rented a harp because they are um, mucho bucks. Yeah. cheap. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we did rent a harp. Mm-hmm. And my father complained all the time, obviously, because they are a monster to carry. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like that whole, why don't you play the piccolo or the flute? Exactly. Why do you yeah. have to mm-hmm. play a harp? That kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Hey, Paul. Uh, definitely want to say uh, I think you're doing an amazing uh, job, man, just you know, giving back to the community and being able to put on an entertaining platform for the community and the masses. Thank you. I uh, want to say, uh, is there like a decision-making process when you – go through the talent as far as who's selected in the choir or you pretty much say hey, if I want to be in the choir do you bring everyone in how, how does the decision a, process go that's on? a great question because some choirs do have auditions that uh, weed people out uh, and in fact uh, the Gay Men's Chorus of Washington has an audition process and uh, while we are very welcoming in terms of anyone who can sing tenor or bass is welcome to audition for the chorus, you do have to have a certain level of skill um, so that we can continue with the artistic quality that people know GMCW to have. Uh, with Gen Out, it is a non-auditioned chorus, and all that is required is a love of singing and a commitment to using your voice to promote social justice. So. Uh, knocking on wood so far that has resulted in really positive kids who love to sing, who have voices that blend well together of various skill levels, but um, it's worked out really well for us. And I like the idea that we're not picking and choosing. We're working with kids that are already, um, because of LGBTQ identities, might be feeling that they're at the margins of uh, of acceptable uh acceptability. So it's nice that they can feel welcome uh, as soon as they enter the door. Regarding the social justice mission, do you do you ever find, um, well, how, how does that present itself in the sense of, uh, of students, young people who um, are uh, exploring that when you're saying that a commitment to uh, understanding or being a part of this, uh, a conversation or an environment that is committed to social justice causes and the um, growth in that area, the how, how does that present itself? Do you ever have uh, students or folks who shy away from that, that um, don't really want to participate in that space? We've not had that happen. I would say there's two things that come to mind in terms of the social justice component. One is that we try to give kids an opportunity to learn about their their LGBTQ history, something that's not necessarily taught in schools. Um, So we have things available for them, for example, at retreats where it's history sessions and conversations and discussions and group uh, panels. 
Um, so that would be the first component is that we're giving them a space to learn about their history. Another thing is that with GMCW and Gen Out, just by showing up and being on stage as out LGBTQ people or allies, you are promoting social justice and equality uh, just by being there, just by using your voice. No matter what you're singing, the fact that you're all together is is creating a statement. So um, I think that's the second thing and probably the most important thing. Are women welcome? In Gen Out or in Gay Men's Chorus Washington? In Gay Men's Chorus, yeah, or women identifying. They are indeed, yes. So uh, the only requirement uh, is that you have to pass the audition. Uh, So I guess there's two requirements. And the the second is that you have to be able to sing tenor or bass. So right now we have several cisgender women. We also have trans folks who are involved in in GMCW, and we have cisgender men. Uh, So... Really, the requirement just has to do with the kind of repertoire we sing. If you can sing tenor or bass and pass the audition, we don't care. So that's that's it. Any 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 places you guys perform outside of DC? We do perform outside of DCs. We do about ninety outreach gigs a year, wow. and a lot of them are within this region. But they also include an annual equality tour where we all load into buses. Uh, one year we went to southern states. I think we did seven states in about three days. Um, and then last year we went to West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and came back, came back down through Maryland. So we like to partner with uh, organizations that are providing LGBTQ services. We present free concerts with free will donation offerings, and any money that we get on those tours, we give right back to the grassroots communities. And what we're trying to do is support those folks that are really in the ground doing the hard work. We get kind of in a bubble here in D.C. because it's, it's a lot more accepting here, um, but we know that the hard work is really out there in the communities, out in the hinterlands. How, uh, how do you prepare students for that? For instance, like as they're traveling to uh, environments and jurisdictions and areas that may not be as uh, welcoming or as open or uh, as, you know, we're, where we are in D.C.? Well, that's a good question. So we are actually taking our first tour with Jen Out this coming spring, and we're heading to Nashville, Tennessee, to collaborate with one of the other seven LGBTQ youth choruses in the country. So Jen Out is one, and the Nashville Major Minors is another one of the seven. And I think part of that process will be um, being very mindful about our route in terms of finding places where we can stop along the way that uh, bathrooms are accessible. Um, for a lot of us, we don't take we we just take it for granted. Okay, we're at a rest stop, and here we go. Do what you need to do, and get back on the bus. But for trans folks, for people who are uh, gender nonconforming, uh, that is a moment that is can be really scary. So um, part of my process will be to figure out. That, that the accommodations, that the, the uh, journey is one that's safe and enjoyable. And we'll probably have to have some discussions about what happens if we encounter folks who protest us. What will we do? What will we do to counter that if we feel safe? And what will we do to um, remove ourselves from the situation if we don't feel safe? Mm. One thing that GMCW did that got a lot of traction on um, YouTube was... 
uh, at one of our concerts for our Southern Equality Tour, we encountered protesters at the Knoxville Pride Parade, and we were leaving the parade. We were leaving the fair at the time, and we noticed all the protesters at the entrance of the fair. Our artistic director, Thea Kano, said, stop the buses. We stopped the buses. We all got out, and we encircled the protesters and held hands and sang to them. And we sang things like, we shall overcome. We sang things like, uh, make them hear you, and other uh, protest songs, and basically drowned them out with a message of love. And that was something that was very meaningful for our singers totally spontaneous not one of our assigned gigs but that made a difference and it's been seen all around the the nation all around the world and i think it's given inspiration to people hmm. it must be really powerful to watch youth kind of come to some discoveries through this like you you get you have them at an age that is such a powerful um like a powerful time, right? Like, and, it is, and yeah. it, it must be, I don't know if I actually have a question here, but I'm just musing on the fact that I'm just trying to think about the, the gift it must be to be with them in these moments. It is a gift. It's a real honor. It's a privilege. It's a lot of responsibility, too. We're working with extraordinary kids that have a lot of um, just courage to use their voice, to be out there, um, identifying their their orientation their uh, their their sense as an ally for LGBTQ folks uh, but they're also uh, regular old kids too who get scared when they go out on stage who um, you know have the same sort of problems that uh, other kids have so sometimes it's it's just a matter of teasing out is this a problem just because you're just a plain old kid or is this a problem because of LGBTQ things um, and I think that's one thing that I'm getting better at, but you know, it's a daily, a daily journey, and and they help me with it too. So, are there really only seven other? Can you unpack that a little bit? I don't know why I'm surprised by that. So, you're saying that there's only seven other um, uh, all LGBTQ or ally um, choirs in the country? Is that? That is correct. Okay. There were a few more, but some of them have folded. Uh, we might see a resurgence of a few, or maybe a few might come back to life. Uh, at the time of our next uh, Festival of Gala Choruses. That'll be in 2020 in Minneapolis. But right now there's just seven, and uh, they're really a special group of, of, of organizations. Some are independent. I believe Nashville Major Minors is independent. There might be a few others who are independent, but then there are folks like Gen Out who are connected um, organizationally and financially to a parent chorus. And of course, our parent chorus is the Gay Men's Chorus of Washington. So there's different models. Um, and I think some of them are more financially successful than others. We're very fortunate in that we have a, a lot of financial support and organizational structural support through GMCW. I'm, I'm interested in... in just choirs in general and the power of uh i mean music in and of itself is just super powerful but there's something about voices mm -hmm. that i think is just different 
right? And I, I was just at your holiday show, and once in that opening scene where once you actually see everybody on stage, mm-hmm. and then you hear everybody sing. I mean, it's just something about voices, mm-hmm. like together singing. And and again, not sure I have a question here, but um, but I'm just interested in um, for you personally, what is attractive or what draws you to choral work as a you're clearly an accomplished musician um your own right and and have a love and an interest in music and instrumentation and all of that Mm -hmm. what is it or was it about voice and and choirs that drew you yeah i think uh two things come to mind one is that choral music is not just one art, it's two arts. It's the art of music, but it's also the art of poetry. So it's it's more than just instrumental music. It's uh, You've got that extra layer of an additional art form, and that is really pretty special. Um, I, I guess in that sense, that's one reason why opera is so extraordinary, because you have music, you have poetry, but you also have scenery and you have dancing. I mean, it is really the, uh, it's really at the pinnacle of all the arts coming together. Uh, Another thing that I think is really special about choral music is the human connection. When someone's playing piano or someone's playing violin or someone's playing harp, there's something in between you, the listener, and the other person, the performer. And it's that great big piano. It's that uh, viola. It's that harp. But when it's uh, you and a singer, there's, there's nothing there except the air and the the beautiful music and the beautiful poetry. And I think that people can relate to that more. So that's just my two cents. Uh, I'm sure someone else would have a better, uh, more thoughtful answer, but that's what comes to mind for me. What are you you looking forward to in 2019? For Jen Out, we're really looking forward to this first tour. That's going to be super exciting. Uh, We're also looking forward to our fifth annual camp, and this one's super special because we're bringing in the composer Jim Papoulis to do a songwriting workshop with us. He is well-known around the the world, really, for creating great music that is um, written with kids. So it's not just Jim sitting in his uh, studio writing the music. He gets together with kids and says... Let's come up with this great lyric that is meaningful to you. And now let's come up with the music. And then he will put all those things together. And uh, that's the process that we're really looking forward to. And just making great music with the kids, seeing how much we can continue growing the program. One of the things that's most exciting to me is whenever a kid comes from a school that we've never had in Gen Out before. Uh, Molly was one of the first um, from Washington Latin. And so it's just really great that we have that connection with that fantastic school. So every time we get a new school or a new organization represented by a young person, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, I have to I have to um, out Molly for something uh, because she she's she's so protective over her experience with Jen Out that uh, I, I keep saying, hey, well, you know, your friends come see things. It'd be great. Maybe somebody will want to you know be in Jen Out as well. Yeah. And she always looks at me and she's like, no. 
And I'm like, what? <laughs> and she's like, no, I don't want, that's my thing. I don't, I don't want my friends to be a part of Jen out. That's like my, that's my thing. You know, and I love the fact that she's so um, protective of mm-hmm. this experience that she's having with it. But, uh, and, and on the other hand, I'm kind of like, oh, okay. Well, you're, you were just not the recruiting. Yeah, you know, she's apparently she's, not she's on the recruitment committee. She's not going to be on the recruitment <laughs> committee. Maybe over time, she will be a little more open to right. uh, other people in her school participating. But right now she's like, ah, no. <laughs> All right, Molly, funny. you're on record now I for know. that. <laughs> Sorry, Molly, my bad. I just couldn't help but I had to say it. Well, I want to thank you for spending a little time with us. And, and uh, uh, how can people find out a little bit more? Uh, oh, thanks about, for asking. Yeah. yeah, we would love to have new singers. And uh, we accept new singers at the beginning of every semester. So that's uh, September and January. We rehearse on Saturday mornings. And uh, you can go to gmcw.org forward slash Jen Out. And Jen Out is spelled G-E-N-O-U-T. And there's a big red button on that page that says click here to register for Jen Out Chorus. And it's as simple as that. That sounds great. Thank you again for taking the time. Thank you. And we look forward to watching what happens. Thanks. What's up, DMV? This is KJ, CEO of Melange Management. And an artist that you don't know that you should know is designer Shelby, CEO of Make You Gasp Clothing. She hand stitches all her clothing. You know, it's one of the best hype beat clothing that you'll ever find out here in the DMV. It's Make You G-A-S-P Clothing on Instagram. Check her out. We want to thank you all for listening to people that you don't know that you should know. If you like our show and want to know more, check out 202creates.com. You guys be sure to tune in again next week for another episode of people that you don't know that you should know. I'm Ty Westbrook, signing out.